Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so most smart. of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. Have you ever made some kind of a decision and you were really excited about it at the moment and then afterwards you were disappointed? I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, the psychology of disappointment. So the question is, why does that happen? One of the things that you might think is that it has to be because of the biases people have in the way that they make decisions. And because, you know, at this point, everyone has heard all of this great research on, on bias and decision making. And I was reading this really interesting paper in the journal Psychological Science uh, that came out in, in 2018. And they pointed out that you actually can get disappointment in choices even if people are making perfectly good choices. Absolutely. And the reason for it is because your ability to evaluate the things in the world is noisy, yeah. meaning you don't always get it perfect. When you see something, you make a judge, judgment about how good it's going to be, and your judgment might be a little off. And sometimes your judgment will be off a little low. Sometimes your judgment will be off a little high. But, but now imagine that you have several options and they're all you know, pretty close together in terms of how good they are. What that means is that the options that you overestimate how good they are are going to be the ones that get chosen. But because you overestimated how good they are, when you actually experience them, they're actually less good than you thought they were going to be. And so even though you're making this perfectly rational decision, you're still disappointed. And I thought that was so cool because I had never really thought about it that way before. Yeah. So the the takeaway from this is lower your expectations for everything. <laughs> You'll never be disappointed. Like both of those things are gonna suck. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, is it is it a matter of expectation, or is this a matter, or is it or is it saying something else? I don't know if it's expectation per se. It's I mean, we we're always making we always have expectations. I mean, you look at the world and you're constantly evaluating things. The idea is your, your evaluations are actually, on average, pretty good. But sometimes they're a little high and sometimes they're a little low. It's just that on those times when things are a little high, you run the risk of deciding to, to pick something even though your estimate was off. Now, what this does say is for really important choices, you might want to try that evaluation a few different times or try to get somebody else's independent evaluation of the same thing. So if you're off in a kind of random way, and then you have a friend who evaluates the same thing and says, you know, I don't, I don't think this is good as, as good as you think it is. They're providing you some information that might help to counteract. Now, of course, the timing of when that friend evaluation comes in is crucial. Because when yeah. you said, what do you think of this car I just bought? Yeah, right. <laughs> but isn't there, isn't there also something in the way that we... I mean, this is interesting for th for this particular study. But I, I also think that like people regret decisions that they've made because they can't evaluate equally the negative aspects of the choice in the future. Like the negative aspects kind of fall away. You remember the more positive things. You can't yeah. really evaluate yeah. the the situation, the choices that you were making. Certainly, all of this depends on memory, right? Because either you're recalling memories of things that have happened in the past that are certainly playing into your decision making, and you're also projecting 
at what your memories are going to be in the future. You know, it's an interesting thing to think about that, right? And a lot of times when, when, when we're making decisions about anything, I mean, even small decisions about where to have dinner or if we're going out or something like that, right, we, we are imagining, which is one of our wonderful features of being a human being, is that we can imagine what's going to happen in the future. And as Art's saying, when we create expectations, those expectations now set up how happy we're going to be because when we recall the time we made the decision, I thought this was going to be great at the time and now it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. The, the memory system has to play into that, right? Because it's always comparing what I had imagined in the past, which is in my memory, and what I'm experiencing right now, which I'm experiencing right now. And that comparison is what leads to either feeling like I made a good decision or a poor decision or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So another issue is that... Um, there, on top of everything else, there are some biases. And one of the biases involves what's called motivated reasoning. So there's a lot of research over 30 years showing that the more that you are engaged with a particular goal, the more that your thought patterns align with that goal in a variety of ways. So, for example, there are classic studies showing that um, if, you're, uh, if you read a study that says drinking coffee is bad for you, and you're a coffee drinker, you discount that study because you don't want to believe it's true. Well, and it's, it's wrong. And it's not true. <laughs> and, it, and in actuality, it's not. Yes. Uh, but you, you, you are motivated not to want to believe that. And, and this happens in choice situations, too. So we, we know, for example, um, so Jay Russo, for example, has done a lot of work showing that as you come to prefer a particular option, you overemphasize the positive elements of the thing that you prefer de-emphasize the negative elements, overemphasize the negative elements of things you're not choosing, de-emphasize the positive elements of those. But of course, after you make a decision, after you make a purchase, then two things happen. One, those negatives now exist. And if you hadn't paid attention to them, you may find yourself disappointed that this choice that you made came along with these negatives that you weren't paying attention to. Yeah. And on top of that, Having made the choice, uh, particularly because you get more and more excited about it because there's this growing coherence of your decision process, you, you run the risk of experiencing buyer's remorse, which is what happens when you make this decision and now realize all of the other opportunity costs of that choice. So the money that you spent is now gone and unavailable for other things other options you might have chosen are now gone because you've you've made this particular choice. So if you buy one car, the money that you spent is gone and you probably aren't buying another car so soon. And so now you may come to regret the choice that you made because while it seemed like a good idea at the time, you overemphasized how good it was in the moment. Next week, we'll explain the Zygarnik effect with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. David Alvarez is our engineer, and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.